welcome back to another episode of County Confidential. Today we're going to be talking about green pest control. This was a big buzzword back in like 0304. You had a huge summit, I guess you would call it, in Denver, held by National Pest Management. We're here to talk about the reality of it today, I guess. Ed Sheehan, when you were in business, green pest control exist? Not, no, the term never existed, but... I was just going to say, anything you're going to deal with green pest control, uh, you got to get the customer to buy in because in the long run, if they don't buy in, they're not going to get the results they, they think you can achieve. But a lot of people think when you come in, you're going to flip a switch and everything is gone. They don't have to do anything. In my day, big thing was IPM. And what I found, I could sell 80% of the people I had on IPM. And the reason I could sell it was because I did my homework. I learned all I could about IPM. I studied it my own way. I looked at jobs. I said, hey, we could do this. We can do that. That's going to eliminate this. So it was IPM. Was it green pest management? No. People think, uh, oh, you're not green pest management. You actually use some pesticide. Yes, we did. But that Just does- for the record, even today, green pest management has pesticides. A lot of these 25B products are usually on the green list, but... The, the green products still are pesticides. As far as selling a, a green job, you have to educate the customer thoroughly and see if they buy into it because a green job is going to cost 20 to 25% more. It is better for the environment. It's better for your image. And it's better for your pocketbook. We call our service Green Clover IPM. We follow specific guidelines. Anything that's on the, the California list of a known carcinogen is not allowed so we've come up with our program and it does cost more for example for bed bugs up until right now the only type of treatment that we'll do is heat with uh, a certain dust injected into the walls it is labor intensive green pest which is where you get the 25 to 30 percent more than a traditional ipm program but some of it too is people want green and many of you will understand this as soon as you hear it. People want green until they hear the price and they say, what's well, non-green? And they ask, will that work? And the answer is yes, they both work. Just for some of you, if you hear some stuff in the background, we're broadcasting or podcasting from uh, the beach today and it's a little warm. So we have some nice breeze coming through. You might hear children playing in the background. You know, it's a nice little touch to the podcast. And it, and it and it's green. We're not wasting electricity with air conditioners, windows open, so you're going to hear some children. This is all about the green podcast while we sit here and sweat our balls off. I feel warm, but I'm not sweating. I don't, I don't know. I see a little little sweat in your brow there. Where? Right in your brow. That's warmed. <laughs> So many of you may know or heard of green pest control. There were certain states, geez, going back, I want to say seven years ago, that were uh, defining certain levels of green pest control. Guys were getting a hit for advertising green and being environmentally safe. And that word safe is a big no-no. Can't use safe. In, in the state of New York, you can't say it's safe. Can't I, say safer. Right. You can't say that the, the work we're going to do is safe, especially when you're killing pests basically and if someone says is that pesticide safe the answer you don't least really want to say no least toxic yeah you have to have a spiel about it Most tough. do and your homework you need to educate be a salesman them. like with everything else you need to educate the customer yeah, but uh, first educate yourself well yeah thoroughly. of course i you know and as you never you know, learn enough keep going to school learn more more you can 
might sell a big job someday if you haven't already. Sorry. No, that's fine. I just figured I'd, instead of me chiming in. What, do you I'd think I was finish. on a roll or something? No, I would call it a rant. Before bro. you can <laughs> before you can educate the customer, you got to know what you're talking about. You got to anticipate a lot of their questions. It's like a chess game. You make a move, somebody's going to make a move. You got to anticipate what move they're going to make when you make a move. Like dealing with rats. For every action on your part, you know there's going to be reaction. You're trying to judge what the reaction is. Learn all you can. Try and come up with the answers to questions they might ask. Well, don't try. Come up. Be able to answer. No lies. Maybe you don't know all the answers. Tell me you have to get back to them. Speaking of rats, rodents in general, rats, mice. So a green program, rats and mice, very good because traditional treatments are rodenticides, dust, snap traps. Snap traps would still be considered green, but if you were going to do a green rodent program, you would need to incorporate exclusion into it. And if any of you have money, been money, to, yeah, it's, it's, money, it's money, money, and this money. is where the price goes up. Any of you have been to any seminar in the past two years, you'll hear all of the top entomologists talking about rodents, talk about exclusion, which is basically for those of you uh, non-PMPs listening, is going throughout the property and finding potential entry points, definitive entry points. How of could they rodents. get in there? How could they get in there? You're not actually asking me a question. You're just saying these are the questions you should ask, right? Yes, yourself. For non-PMPs, that's what exclusion is, is figuring out how they're there and why they're there. And the exclusion part is true IPM at its finest, is going in and looking, where's the hole? Where are they coming from? Sealing that hole. A lot of people are getting into preventative exclusion during construction, where they go around all of the pipes. They're putting sheet metal, depending on the level of the job. They're coming proactive. They're coming proactive. You know, door sweeps. What is that? The buckle at the door, whatever it is, making sure the door is flush and rodents can't get under it. If any of you noticed, there's products out now where the door sweep has steel wool in it. Because, as many of you know, that plastic strip, the rodents were able to chew through it and still come under the door. And then your client may say to you, hey, you told me to get this, and now they can't get in. And to a certain extent, your client is correct. But up until recently, we didn't have these door sweeps with the built-in steel wall where the rubber is. This is part of the exclusion. I know some of you out there might be saying, oh, I can't, my customers. And trust me, we do exclusion in New York City. It is almost impossible in a commercial building because of the unions. You might be taking a job away from a union employee, and that's something you don't want to do. So your IPM report would recommend these exclusion things to be done, whatever they are. And then the the person whose job that is, whether it's a handyman or a carpenter or whomever. Some bum that's not going to do shit anyway because he's always saying he's too busy. So exclusion is part of the road and IPM. And then what a lot of these green programs like is no tox rodenticide or bait. It's not even rodenticide at that point. No tox bait. And basically it's a bait in every sense of the word. It goes into bait stations. Throughout the property, usually some people might say like, you know, if they're going to eat something, I'd rather them eat the poison. I couldn't agree with you more, but in a green program, the no-tox bait is what they'd prefer. And then once you get a hit on the bait, you can take and replace it. Almost like how termite baiting systems used to be. Now termite baiting systems are always active, but you would just have a bait. And once it gets hit, you know you have an issue. And then you go and you put the, the lethal yeah, bait you, in it. When you know you have an issue, if you see rat droppings or rub marks, 
yes, you would know that. And that, so here's the thing, right? With green, it is certainly a very much more labor intensive process and more CSI and, and more inspection than anything else. And then treatment. I think I mentioned this in one of the previous podcasts when talking to the person from the third party that certifies us, they recommended, and we've done it once or twice, taking compressed air that you would use to clean out your computer and whatnot and flushing that where you know roaches are in almost like you would use a flushing agent. Mm -hmm. So spraying that in the crack and crevice and as the roaches are coming out to vacuum them up, <laughs> that is the realest green pest control. Who made that up, Bernie Sanders? Just imagine how labor intensive that is because you're doing what you would normally do with, let's say, a crack and crevice treatment, but then you have the added part of the vacuum and you have the added part of emptying the vacuum. And the bottom line, and you'll this will be a recurring theme for us throughout all of our podcasts, if you're getting your money and you're doing a good job, that's all that matters. And if, it's, if someone wants green pest control, you want to have that in your toolbox and you want to give it to them when they ask for it. Or you want to be able they to like offer it. They like the Mets, it. we like the Mets. They like the Yankees, we like the Yankees. They like Boston, we like Boston. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Just to make it very simple, I would go into a house and then we would talk about green pest control and they'd be you know, inquiring what exactly is it. And I would take them on a tour outside the house and, and maybe I see they have wood stacked against the side of the house. I'd have to move the wood. I tell them that needs to be moved. I would see that they had a spigot coming out of the side of the building where they attach a hose to. They wash their cars or attach it to their lawn. And the spigot is about uh, three quarters of an inch wide and they have a half inch hose coming out. That's a very easy entrance way for um, a number of pests. As I continued walking around, I'd be looking at the grass and tell them the grass is too high. Maybe we, you know, we're worried about ticks now in New York. I may see that they have old tires, that stagnant water. Tell me you're going to get mosquitoes in there. And then I'd mention a host of different diseases that are currently in fashion. I'd also ask them the last time that they cleaned their gutters. If it had been some time ago, I'd recommend that they have the gutters cleaned. And we, we certainly could do that for an extra fee. That would eliminate the breeding medium for uh, mosquitoes. If there are any large cracks in the foundation, I'd say they need to be sealed up. Uh, also, the doors. If there's any uh, spaces under the doors, we need sweeps under those doors. I might also notice some screens that have holes in them. And I might also notice some windows open that have no screens. By doing all of this, we eliminate... That's like, like if you went to work every day... And for those of you that take the L train, you know what I mean. The way to get to work has been altered. It's very difficult. And I go inside the house, and I see uh, they got dog food that's laying on the floor. How long has that been out? There's a leak under the kitchen sink. There's garbage hasn't been thrown out. I'm there at 10 o'clock in the morning. There's dishes from last night. All of these things have to be brought to their attention in the proper way. And if you've learned your trade well, you can explain to them you didn't even give it to them in writing that if they did this, it would be very helpful. We could do some a lot of green pest management here. And um, if, if they got a lot of young kids, maybe that's what they're into. If they're like 80% of the public, they don't give a shit. They just want you to get rid of them. Now, if you're dealing with commercial, it's a different story. Well, if you're dealing with commercial, you've got to remember that you have lead certification standards that you can always go to and 
I mean, understand is a tough word. Just so everybody knows, if you've been around pest control for a while, LEAD stands for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. LEAD is basically the green building certifying body, the, the standard. They have uh, platinum, gold, and silver. From a pest control standpoint, you can contribute two points to a project by developing an IPM program specific to that building. So you don't even have to have a third-party green certification, although it has helped us. But green is what I always tell people. Any green pest management program is integrated pest management, IPM, on steroids. Green pest control is still like IPM. You have to figure out why they're there, and you have to do everything possible to eliminate the pest before applying pesticide. So there's no routine application of pesticide in a green project, or there should not be. And that's why I speak about the no-tox bait, because that would be considered a routine pesticide application. You tell the customer if you show up and they say they, that it's roaches, you don't automatically start spraying the room. You put monitors out. First, you do your inspection. And if you don't find anything during inspection, then you put your monitors out. And then you could go... And in a green program, this could also fly. You start with the least toxic, which would be a gel or gel inside a bait station or like a Max Force puck. The thing is, is that you always want to find the pest, especially in a commercial setting. Somebody at their desk says they have ants. And no, they don't have ants. They have a box of cereal that's been there for three years under 17 pairs of shoes and four pages of whatever. Don't forget the green molded cheese. Right, and the green molded cheese. And it ends up being a sawtooth grain beetle or some type of other store product pest and the idea is you need to know what you're treating for because you can put that gel out all you want and if you don't alleviate the problem which is the cheese or whatever else then you're not getting rid of it in green pest control when doing it you have to have the customer buy-in and to be honest you're not necessarily out there knocking on doors selling green pest control unless the person asks for it Right, or unless right. you know of some, there are some towns that are green and want everything to be green. And then that's a good town to go market. Or there's a green restaurant association and restaurants from that green restaurant association call us regularly. And when we survey their place, we tell them there's no way you can have a green. We've had this problem. Here are the two problems that have happened with us in green restaurants. One, they're filthy and they don't believe they have to clean, which is every restaurant. But even more so in a green program, a restaurant needs to have proper sanitation or we've been too expensive and three restaurants that thought we were too expensive fortunately we said well do you have to have a green program or do you want one and they said no we want one and i said well let me give you the price on the other one and they went with a non-green program even with our non-green program we still tell people sanitation is a big thing we have told customers and restaurants listen hey you guys aren't cleaning your problem is not going to get solved we're still going to do work for you but when they come back to us and say you know, you didn't do your job. I say, remember the email from August 2nd, 2018, where I told you, you haven't been cleaning. And that's why you're going to continue to have flies. Unless you want us to come treat every day. And in that email, I wrote, unless you want us to come and treat every single day. And here's the cost for us to come every single day to keep your flies out. And by the way, you got to close your doors. You all right over there? I'm listening to you. So there's another thing that you might enjoy. You know how every restaurant keeps their doors open in the summer? Yeah. So New York City has a new program. I shouldn't say it's a new law. If your air conditioner is on and your doors are open, the first fine is three grand. Nice. Yeah. This is something that the city did that inadvertently helped pest control. Yeah. Because now the first thing, like in our report 
as a helpful hint to our restaurants. We'll tell them, you know, when we walk by today, your uh, doors were open and the AC was on and you don't want to get that New First York City. First place you should send one to is Nello's. I was <laughs> by there. What the hell is Nello's? It's a, it's a, it's a restaurant. I think that scumbag Marabaro. Oh, ta 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 ta. Hound's part of it. Yeah, that's got to take. That's got to uh And uh, the doors were open. But it was the AC on. That's the key. That's the key. Okay. What, where was I? Oh, I was going to Club uh, Club M. <laughs> so green pest control is is IPM on steroids. If you're if a building is going for lead certification and asks you if you could help them with lead certification, and you're already doing and practicing integrated pest management, your answer should be yes, and your answer should be that. You can help them gain two points towards their lead certification because all you need is a written IPM policy. You can tweak it for each building, which once you get into a green building that has lead certification, there's not much to tweak. It's basically your plan of action, so, how you're going to go about it. So this becomes another tool in your bag to sell. Right, 100%. Money. You start doing buildings and all of a sudden the guy that loves you the most is now taking on green buildings. Do you want to tell him no? Yeah, you know, listen, you never have enough friends and you never have enough bullets in the bag. You need everything you can get. This is a highly competitive industry. And then this green is, is another thing to put in your bag where another option you can give people. And there's, there are, you know, some people, they're not overwhelming, but there's enough that ask for the green pest management. They don't all take it, but at least you can offer it. Yeah, we got that. You don't, don't want to get them off the phone, remember, until you close. ABC always be closing. So when they ask for green, you don't want to say no. You want right. to say yes, of course. Thank and you give for them your, your spiel on the right. green. Yeah. And then, then so they have work all the it, options. baby. Work it. And back to what Ed mentioned earlier with the education of yourself, not only yourself, but your staff, your office staff. Your office staff should be well versed in every single service that you offer, including green. Your job is to educate that staff. We spoke about this in onboarding and hiring, and, and your staff should but know everything. But they have everything. to be educated constantly. They have to be, you know, it's I like... I couldn't agree more. This is like an evolving industry, and if you don't evolve with it, you are screwed. Yeah. So, also, what we're going to be selling shortly at Colony Confidential are... Um, <gasps> oh, boy. What? Pointy-toe shoes to kill roaches. Oh, that's wow. our, like That's that. our contribution oh. to the green move. Does it say... Does it say... <laughs> Is CPM and I don't know. It depends on who's buying it. Probably it'll probably say like Colony Confidential. You could have like my face and Ed's face on each shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Could I have a pair of black with white? Back to green pest control. It didn't exist in 1971, 81, or 91, really. If you look at lead certification and what they want in a green building is an IPM plan. People don't understand this or can't believe it but when i started in the industry with my father i guess the late 80s when i was actually paying attention i only knew ipm i only knew go in figure out what's going on and then treat granted there were certain commercial kitchens that treatment was necessary just because of the way they were kept and i believe that rings true today in our industry we could have invented the green programs back then if fed sheen saw there was actual green to the green program Green is, like we said, just another tool in your toolbox for you to provide the customer when they ask, you know? Highly educated people ask about green, and then you quickly find out they're still schmucks. Um, <laughs> you know, those schmucks that know how to read a book and re recite what's in the book, but they don't got any street smarts. It's a bunch of different people ask about green. Uh, millennials. Anybody that's really concerned about 
their well-being would probably ask about green. It's almost like bed bugs. Somebody asking for green doesn't discriminate. You could be the richest person in the world or the poorest person in the world. A lot of times it's people with children asking. A lot of times it's people with children asking. A lot of times it's people with children asking, like, what's your green product? I bathe my kids in pesticides. Are you kidding me? I learn from the best. (laughs) <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> no. Well, all jokes time aside. I threw you in a tub of Claudine. That, okay, that one, yeah. No. Uh, but all jokes aside, I feel like the products that we have available to us today, when used properly, are a non-factor. Unless your kids are allergic or hypersensitive to chemicals, things that are very real, like that. My children's home quarterly um, serve exterior especially in the summer months, uh, insecticide registered by the EPA, not a 25B product. I don't really pay attention to some of the green stuff. I just go in and use what I know works and, and rely on the data that I have. You know, I, The stuff that my father used when we were children is so much more dangerous than what we use now. And he's a testament to using it properly and, and not, thankfully, poisoning himself or us. I mean, Jesus, he had three kids. To None give of you, them had two heads. I would like to defer to uh, his friend when his friend couldn't have a baby. This is probably going to be the best <laughs> green story you'll ever hear. Uh, Ed, could you tell him about we'll our friend? I mention this man's name, but he's a real nice guy. And he was over our office one day. It was on a Friday night, and I think we had picked up a nice account. So it was party time for the troops. We like to share somewhat of our good fortune because, listen... Without taking care of the horses that pulled the wagon, you're not going anywhere. But anyway, my men were down in the, I'm going to call it the lounge cellar, and uh, they were taking target practice with pellet guns and having a good time. This guy was sort of, if you met him, he's very straight-laced. You'd think like, oh, maybe he's a little bit of a nerd. And he goes down there. and well, he's, he's definitely a nerd, but, he, but he's a different kind of nerd. He's a nerd from the South. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, he's from Kansas. Mid-country, South mid-country. Part, yeah. Anyway, um, he goes down there, and so they let him go ahead, take a shot. This guy's hitting in the bullseye all the time. Oh, Lord, have another drink. So we're drinking, and I says, oh, man, you made friends. He goes, yeah. I go, what's the matter? We're trying to have a kid, and no luck. I said, no luck. I said, come here. I took him in. I told him, sniff this bagon. And we're the same space. Bagon. How many of you out there listening even know what Bagon is? <laughs> Sniff this Bagon. And we're the same set of socks for three days. So the wind-up story is 10, 11 months later, he has a son, and his son is named after me. See? So there's some good stuff, so, too. So it's true. Better living through pesticides, right? <laughs> Yeah. Don't anybody go out there sniffing pesticides to try and get pregnant. There's plenty of, you know, remember what year and time that was in the 80s. We don't promote sniffing anything to get pregnant unless your doctor tells you to do it. This is just a fun story from Stick with, stick with the green pills. Stick with the green pills. What's the green pills? I mean, the blue pills. <laughs> They're blue, right? Uh, I don't. What are you asking me for? I'm 40. Oh. Jesus. All right, so I don't know if this is the green episode or the blue episode, but uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Somehow we always talk about friggin' politics and money when, uh, I mean, the money part again, I guess I get the politics part too. I just want to thank you again for listening to Colony Confidential and our green, uh, green Pest Control Podcast. Thank you. This is Ed Sheehan thanking you once again for tuning in to Colony Confidential. You probably want to yell at me, all you liberals. Go ahead, yell. Send me messages. We can hash it out. Colony Confidential.
at gmail.com. Gal for Colony Confidential at Pest World in Orlando, Florida, October 22nd to October 26th. Take a look at the special edition of PMP Magazine. You might see a little something on Colony Confidential in there. On the next episode of Colony Confidential. You know, I, I got another question. I remember it was like the late 90s, early in this century, where the termites, guys weren't getting that many calls for termites. Mm-hmm. And um, then all of a sudden the bed bugs came. So I, when I teach, I tell them, listen, I know that God loves exterminators because um, we couldn't afford fancy cars or bling anymore because the termites were not coming. And God said, okay, my people are suffering. Let there be bed bugs. Did you really just say bling? Yeah. He Holy blinged it up. So, so I want to know, is the, do you foresee another, what's the next big money-making insect on the horizon? <laughs>